Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of No Crying in Baseball. It's the Stupid High School Boys episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hey, wouldn't it be the meaning of everything episode? Because it's 42. 42. For all you geeks out there, I've, I've learned that by osmosis in my house. You just proved some street cred. There I'm you so go. proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Is that because you're back from New York City? Yes. Two times in New York City, and I have survived. I'm happy to be back. I'm so glad that you're here with me. And and ready to talk about baseball. I was not so ready to talk about baseball in New York. That's a hard place for me to talk about baseball with people. Oh, yeah. You're coming from the, the opposite end of the universe for, for folks there. But we're here. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the Heart and Hustle Awards, or as we like to think of them, the Boyfriend Awards. We're going to talk about the trade deadline because it is upon us. We're going to talk about, I'm so sorry we have to, but we must, the Twitter feeds of stupid high school boys, their apologies and possibilities for redemption or not. But first, romance. Romance. I like romance. I have a bit of a romantic baseball story. Can I tell it? Please Actually, do. before we go on, because we just had our all-star exciting experience here with the whole week and the fan fest. And a couple weeks ago, I talked about my fan fest experience of waiting in line to get an autograph of my childhood idol, Fred Lynn of the Boston Red Sox, and how my husband came in to save the day and he went and got me the card to get signed. And there were a couple guys behind me in line and we were waiting there long enough that we did a lot of talking about baseball and I admired their baseball cards. And Adam just told me that he had talked to them afterwards and that they had turned to him and said, man, you are so lucky to have a wife like that. Who's that interested in baseball? And I was thinking to myself, like, number one, that that was sweet. It was kind of a sweet thing. But number two, where are these guys looking? Like, guys, you've got to do better than that. There are a lot of women like me. You're looking in the wrong places. My hubby's, you know, I, I guess he's kind of lucky, but still, there are a lot of other potential lucky people out there. Some of us would lead with baseball as a screening tool. I have another story of romance that's absolutely related to this and the fact that it's Hall of Fame induction weekend. So fan of the podcast, Holly, Patreon subscriber, Holly, thanks, Holly, and her husband, Paul, many years ago, got married at the ballpark in San Diego at a Padres game. Trevor Hoffman, who was just inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend, posed for wedding pictures with them. They traveled to Cooperstown for his induction. They had t-shirts made with the wedding photo of bridegroom and all their regalia and Trevor Hoffman in his uniform. And they wore the t-shirts to his Hall of Fame induction. Romance, excitement, wonderful stuff everywhere. See other people get lucky too. That's really sweet. Do you think he saw them? <laughs> Is there a chance? There's a chance. I'm sure she'll report back to the class. I hope she does. Um, also inducted this weekend, Chipper Jones, who I have no romantic feelings for whatsoever. Vladimir Guerrero, yay, and Jim Tomei of the Cleveland team, who, if you haven't seen it yet, look up the clip of him getting tears in his eyes when his daughter sings the national anthem for the induction ceremony. Totally adorable. Feel free to drink on that one. Last week, the Heart and Hustle Awards were announced. This is one person per team. And towards the end of the season, one person from all from those 30 nominees will be awarded MLB's Heart and Hustle Award. We like to think of them as the No Crying in Baseball Boyfriend Awards because the things they look for are passion for the game, work ethic on and off the field, kind of being the face of a franchise, being somebody that people can look up to. And we had a number of boyfriends represented 
in this award and this, and this bestowing of awards. Yeah. And like you said, I think that this award is it makes me more proud to have more boyfriends than being chosen for the all-star team because we went through that a little bit and we did really well with all-star representation. But this award really makes me realize, well, <laughs> we'll find out. For most of them, for most of my boyfriends, this is a, a really appropriate thing with a huge exception that we're going to talk a lot about. One thing to note is the interesting thing about this award it's voted on by former players. I got Pookie. I mean, Pookie, I was sort of like, this is a gimme. And actually, Alex Cora got out there and said that there were a lot of other guys on the team who deserved it as much. There's Jackie Bradley, who's been hustling his butt off. But Pookie and his smile and his energy make so much sense for the Red Sox. The other interesting thing about the Red Sox choice is uh, this year's Pookie. Last year was Rick Porcello, and the previous six years, or seven, seven years, was Dustin Pedroia. So I I understand now why things are so hard in some ways this year, because Pedroia is not able to play, and they're doing so well, and he really has been the face and the heart and the hustle of the franchise. So to not be involved makes me a little bit sad, but I'm happy for Pookie. So, yeah, so some of these guys get this year after year. And Paul Goldschmidt of the Diamondbacks is one of those guys because he's always there. He always does well. Plus, his life outside of baseball is also outstanding. We've talked before about the foundation that he and his wife have, the Fund for Kids that funds children's hospitals and their and their work around Arizona. How about the Nationals? You know, I think I'll just say this one real quickly right now. Uh, Trey Turner. We'll talk a lot more about Trey later. Uh, you know, actually, now that I think about it, let me just say one thing. <laughs> the, the timing of this award was shitty for a completely different reason than the shitty stuff we're going to talk about later. It was right before he didn't hustle. So I think it was like that morning the awards were given out. And then he bunted and he was so pissed off with his bad bunt that he didn't run. He just went back. He dropped, like slammed his stuff down and went back to the dugout and was benched by our dear Davey Martinez for the next game. So that should have been our first hint that maybe he's not hustling, despite the fact that you told me about this, right? That he's involved with or seriously involved with the face of shred hate that you, you mentioned that several podcasts ago, right? Yeah, that there's a big campaign in MLB and, and the Nationals are one of the the teams that's involved. And we've seen the ads on, on the Jumbotron. It's the shred hate anti-bullying campaign. He's done great work with that. And being benched by Davey actually really worked for him because he came back gangbusters the next couple of games. Well, that's good news. That's but, good well, news. Maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll talk about our feelings in a little bit. I could just run down the rest. There's just a few. Or should we go back go and ahead. forth? That's fine. All right. Uh, Adam Jones for the O's, his sixth time, you know, that he gives all that he can to Baltimore Charities Boys and Girls Club. Uh, I got Salvi, Salvador Perez and the Royals because he's Salvi is pretty much all I could find out. But he's such a cheerful guy. And I think his energy in the clubhouse has got to be huge. And then for the Giants, Crawford, uh, Brendan Crawford, the shortstop, who had a lot of issues last year. Just look at some of our past podcasts. There was one that I went into detail about what he's gone through. And this year he started off with a 189 average in April but has gone up to 412 for May, went up for 412 for May. That was a while ago. Yeah, so that's it. That's who I got for hearting and hustling. <laughs> My pal Scooter Jeanette got the Heart and Hustle Award for the Cincinnati Reds, and it's not just for his nickname, although that could be part of it. It's also because his manager says he's always got a smile on his face. He always shows up ready to work, ready to play, loves the game. Trevor Story, who we had our little push for for the All-Star game, 
from of Colorado, the from of the Rockies, was noted as a role model for the youth of Colorado because of his work ethic. He gets out there and he does his job. And then Javi Baez and Javi Baez of the Cubs, it's clearly the energy, the excitement, his playfulness, his love of the game. So really proud of us that our boyfriend choices overlap the Heart and Hustle awards pretty darn well. And speaking of playful boyfriends, even though he didn't get the heart and hustle, I want to talk about one of my favorite boyfriends, Kike Hernandez from the Dodgers, who, when I talked about him originally, talked about what a utility dude he is, that he's played every position except for pitcher and catcher. Well, he pitched. He was brought in in a tie game in the 16th inning. So now he he's done eight of nine. And unfortunately, he lost the game, and he lost it big time. He let up three runs. I think it was three. Somehow, his ERA is now 81. (laughs) That's not possible. Is that possible? I don't understand how that happened, but it did. He lost the game. That's all sad. What what sucks is he had already gone 0 for 7 batting that night. So to then fuck up the pitching is... So he's a two-way threat, right? He got both sides of the plate. Yeah, sure. That's that's awesome. I've got to say he's got a good attitude about it, though. He was really funny on Twitter. And I'm really trying to find this so that I can post it on Facebook, but I don't quite understand how to save the, the GIF. Um, it's it's him pitching, and he goes for the windup, and he does this sort of like double his, hip thrust, sort of like he's about to start dancing or twerk, you know, like our twerking dugout video. Anyway, I've got to show it to you. You'll love it. Trust me. The way I love that twerking dugout video. Sure. I want to talk just for a second about position players pitching. It's cool. I love it. The way I love swearing, not too much of it. If you do it just <laughs> enough, then it makes an impact and it's fun and it's entertaining and it calls attention. But man, the Cubs have used multiple position players as pitchers in the same game more than once this season. We're going to have, we've already got a record season in all these position players pitching. Last season, there were only 32 all year round. As of Saturday, There were 45 this season. We're on pace for 66 instances where position players are going to pitch this year. It kind of loses its punch. You know, I think it's kind of cool. It's great for these stupid long games where you you have no bullpen left and all of that. Or it's such a blowout that why not do something to kind of cheer everybody up. But all the time, I don't know. That's a little much for me. Yeah, maybe that's an argument for the mercy rule so that you don't. Because that's when it happens a lot is when it's just so lopsided. And somebody who's like, I have always wanted to pitch. Like, Kike wanted to do this. Rizzo on the Cubs wanted a chance at pitching because it would be fun. So it's sort of like, why the fuck not? There's my extraneous swearing to to counter this. Also, you know, I kind of like it. But understandably, maybe it's a little bit extreme this year. Tell us more about the Kike. I would love to say more about Kike because I feel like the Twitterverse is a boggling place for me. I feel like we survived a little while without it and now we've entered it and things explode really fast and it moves, (laughs) it all moves too fast for me. But Kike was getting some shit for standing on a bucket for an interview with a reporter and everybody talking about his fragile masculinity. Well, let me tell you, look at his engagement photos that he posted himself in his cute little overall jeans with his girlfriend on the on the playground. He has no issues <laughs> with with his masculinity, I believe. We need to pause for a second and describe the actual bucket picture. The person he was being interviewed by was a very tall mm-hmm. female journalist 
in high heels. So the meme that was create, created from it is, you know, Siri, Siri, show me fragile masculinity, right? Because he was exactly. trying to be tall like the female journalist. But it was a joke between them. Like it she's was. the one who said that she pointed it out to begin with, or he did it to help her or something like that. And things got blown out of proportion. So I'm trying to learn from this experience because I realized that maybe sometimes I jump to conclusions as well about certain personalities. And maybe I've said some things on this podcast that might have gone a little too far. So I'm going to try really hard from here on to give people the benefit of the doubt and to assume their best intent. We'll see if that works its way into the second half of the podcast today. I, I fear for both of us. One more thing about your Dodgers friends. What is the deal with the Braves? Okay, so the Braves are picking on the Dodgers for nothing. They are sucking the fun out of baseball. You want to say what happened? I feel bad for Braves fans because a couple weeks ago, I saw a great Braves uh, Nationals game. The Braves won, and I actually still had fun. Even though my team lost, there was some really good playing by the young guys. And I'm thinking, what an exciting year. But, oh, shit, I'm going to fuck this up already. I was going to call their announcers assholes. And that's exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. People too. Okay, these kind-hearted people who probably expect the best out of the Dodgers <laughs> for were for some reason slamming them for during batting practice not wearing something that identified them by name, that they were wearing t-shirts and that they didn't have socks on. I mean, who gives a fuck if a guy's wearing socks during batting practice? And they were incredibly offended by this. And of course, it explodes in the Twitterverse. And it turns out that Chase Utley, who is one of the non-name wearing but t-shirt wearing guys, was wearing a strikeout cancer shirt. And to give those people a little bit of publicity... I think is a little bit more worthwhile than having everybody see Utley on his back. So what's with that? And how does this connect to Kike Hernandez? Well, on Twitter, this place that I'm trying to learn to love, Kike the next day po posted a picture of what he said that their BP attire was going to be. And it was like a bikini bottom blue with his number on one side and his name on the other. Could that be because the Braves announcers had their MLB panties in a bunch? Oh, um, see what I did there? Go see back what to I that episode. Sure enough. I have one more boyfriend thing. Really, you really do. fast. My little boyfriend, Jose Altuve. <laughs> I just, I, and I say that with the most endear endearing intentions. Good yes. intentions. Yes. He's, he's on the DL for the first time ever. That's so hard to believe. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I am very concerned because he is on my fantasy baseball boyfriend team, which now is going to to be hurting a little bit, especially because I forgot to swap him out yesterday. Shit, that I was bet, our trade day. I bet you're concerned about him because of his health. Oh, yes. And wanting him to be able to play his best and not miss too many games because he loves the game so much. Exactly. That, that was yeah. if once I finished sipping my beer just then, that's exactly what I was going to say. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to wish my Nationals boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, and his wife, Amanda, happy new baby. They had a baby girl last week. Emma Kate. And that was how they closed out women in baseball week. So I'm figuring she's going to be a tiny little woman in baseball. And hooray for Emma Kate and best of luck and goodwill to you guys, Anthony and Amanda Rendon. We have the trade deadline. When this podcast drops, it will be the day of the non-waiver trade deadline. This is important because this is the last time that teams can do straight up trades without all kinds of crazy limitations and, and all of that. And I think a lot of stuff's going to go down between 
what, when we're recording and when you're going to hear this podcast, so you'll be able to tell us what we missed. Which is pretty crazy because a lot of stuff has already happened, and it's basically a lot of movement with pitchers. And the teams at this point are basically saying whether they're going to actually try to make the playoffs or whether they're going to swap out for prospects. And I actually, at the Orioles-Red Sox game we went to, I saw somebody walking around with the Orioles shirt and duct taped in front of whoever's name it was, probably Machado. It was Machado. was the word prospects. So those teams that are receiving are now realizing, mm, not going for it for this year. Whereas the teams that are getting stuff, like the fucking Yankees who are raking in the pitching at this point, I'm, I'm a little nervous. So they... This kind of trade is, is referred to almost like a stock trade. You're either buying or you're selling, right? So if you think you have a shot at making the playoffs, you're buying. You're buying a big bat. You're buying an arm, right? You're buying a closer. You're buying a starter. You're buying a big bat. If you have no chance, you are selling your bats. You're selling your pitchers because you want prospects. And there are some prospects are paying off this year. That's for darn sure. Yeah, people that we didn't think would be playing are playing. Like who? One of our favorites. Juan Soto, oh my gosh, Juan Soto set more records this week, all right? So the record book is going farther and farther back. He is the first teenager since, I'm going to say this right, you're going to hear this the right way, 1898, which may be before baseball, I don't know, to Homer in three consecutive games, the first teenager to do that. And he's currently tied with Mickey Mantle. I'm sure you've heard of him for the most home runs as a teenager, at 13. And this season's got a long way to go. So he's going to be beating Mickey Mantle probably within the week. We have more big record setting young guys now. Yeah. So Juan Soto came up mid season as somebody we didn't expect to be and to stay. And another one, one of my favorites is Baby Pina, Lourdes Gurriel, little brother of Yuli Gurriel of the Astros World Series fame. But Lourdes, and, and you know what? He has another nickname and I forgot to write it down. Anyway. He has 11 straight multi-hit games. He's the first rookie since Shoeless Joe Jackson in 1911 to hit 11 straight multi-hit games. The first Blue Jay ever to do that. And the first in MLB since Tony Perez in 1973. But he got hurt yesterday. So I'm a little concerned about this streak. I mean, a a multi-hit per game streak sounds like a hard thing to do coming out of rehab. You know where there's a good place to go see prospects? Minor league games. They are so much fun, and the guys you're seeing are either on their way up or they are major league players who are on a little bit of a rehab, so you get kind of a bonus to see somebody up close. They have great theme nights, super cheap tickets, and they're a little looser, a little more fun, a little bit more playful. I will tell you that um, my daughter and I went on a tour of upstate New York, and we caught a couple of minor league games in Rochester and Syracuse. And along the way, we ate food, called a garbage plate, and we brought home lightsabers. So it was a pretty entertaining couple of, of game nights for us. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll get to hear our special reports back from these different minor league ballparks. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber... Please sign up. You too can become a member for as little as a dollar a month. That's a quarter an episode. And you'll get full access to this kind of special content and full-length interviews. You've heard some of our shorter interviews. We will post the whole interview there for our subscribers. And we may thank you on an upcoming episode. So please go to patreon.com slash nocryinginbball. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash 
in B-Ball and become a supporter today. You'll find everything you need there to support NCIB. Thanks so much. We're about to enter I feel like a damned if you do, damned if you don't topic because my first instinct was, fuck, do we have to really talk about this because it just sounds like a pain in the ass? But I didn't want to go into the other side that's like, oh, don't talk about this because it's so long ago. Anyway, it's stupid high school boys. It is, and we kind of avoided the first high school boy, but then two more high school boys had stupid Twitter experiences that exposed bad stuff, and we thought three is a magic number. Now we've got three. Now we should talk about it. (sighs) So we skipped Josh Hader a few weeks ago with the Brewers with some pretty blatant racist tweets. Very uh, offensive. And homophobic. I believe you said the phrase, I hate gays. That's pretty much out there. That was out there. And there was a lot of KKK joking, and it, it was pretty bad. And, of course, then comes the excuse, well, I was young. The worst part of this, though, did you hear about this? How he, when he went back into to pitch for the first time after the whole thing uh, at home stadium, the crowd gave him a standing ovation. Yeah, so this was the Brewers. Yeah. He's, he's a pitcher for the Brewers. And I bet... Two-thirds of the crowd there was like, you're our guy. We support you. We know you didn't mean it. And the other third's like, yeah, white supremacy. Yeah, rock on. So you just don't know what that is. And then their first away game, he got resoundingly booed. So he's getting public shaming. So he's got both ends of it. It's that's it's just really interesting. I think that the standing O just makes me feel really creepy about it and pushes me enough to feel like, OK, yeah, damn it. We should keep talking about this, especially because we got a double whammy today, this morning, right? That we woke up to both Sean Newcomb of the Braves and Trey Turner, my boyfriend, which is now very much in question, of the Nationals. So here's what happened. So some Nats fan, one of our people, while Sean Newcomb was busy trying to pitch a no-no, went to a deep dive in his Twitter feed and found really hateful stuff from 2011, 2012. All of the tweets we're talking about are pretty much those couple of years. These guys are about the same age. They were pretty much high school or beginning of college when this happened, right? So they exposed this stuff, which led Braves fans to try to find a national, and they found Trey Turner. You do a little bit of searching on some keywords, and Trey Turner, from his senior year in high school and his freshman year in college, had really stupid, hateful tweets as well. And so these were fans exposing this stuff. I have so many questions like, come on, people, you have managers. Don't you scrub this stuff? I would be much happier if you never said it to begin with. But if you did set it, say it, come on, get rid of it. Now, now your lives are going to be hell for a while. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the get rid of it part either, though, because I feel like I want to know this about them and I want to know how things have changed. And that's the issue I have with Trey Turner's statement. Obviously, they have to apologize. It's sort of a protocol thing. I feel like his apology was not enough. It was apologizing in general to everyone. It was uh, saying that he was repulsed by whatever he did. I forget the, the exact words. And then there was a specific reach out to the Nationals organization. But he did not address the underlying issue at all. What I would like, if, if you look at these apologies, they are very cookie cutter. There are overlapping phrases in the apologies issued by all three of these players. They're definitely publicist-written 
once I want these guys to speak from their heart and to say, I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I was a jerk. I was an idiot. It's not an excuse for doing it, but I see that now and I'm sorry. And what can I do to make up for it? And that's the yep. key. What can I do to make up for it? So being open to feedback at this point, instead of just sh- shutting it down and saying, all right, we're done. I did my apologies. Let's just move on. You have to work with it a little bit. You got to struggle with that a little to really prove yourself. You can't just say, and this is what's out there a lot, is we haven't heard anything since or if we don't hear anything now, everything's okay. And I feel like that's not enough burden of proof. Yeah, prove it. Yep. Something proactive. Yes, I I, I absolutely agree about that. And both all the teams also issued official responses, which they have to do. And they were pretty cookie cutter as well. So far, the um, the brewers are requiring Hater um, to take sensitivity sensitivity training. It's still too soon. There hasn't been word yet from the Braves or the Nationals if they want Turner and Newcomb to do that. Now, I will say there is a sliding scale of how hateful their remarks were from stupid and insensitive, which is kind of where I would put a lot of the Turner stuff to straight out, I hate an entire group of people. And, you know, here's my my white supremacy coming out. And you, you people, I don't, you know, I'm a straight white guy, whatever. It's all bad. There are levels of bad. So I, I don't know if if the teams are going to say, okay, this is super bad. So you need to go through this training and you guys, oh, you were just kids. And a lot of it is that, oh my, we're going to hear that a lot. Oh, they were just kids. We have kids their age when, when they posted these things. And I know my kid, and I'm sure your kid too, would say, I would never say those things. I don't feel that way, number one. And number two, even if I did, I wouldn't say those things or post those things. These guys, my, my daughter is ready to burn her Trey Turner jersey, which I think might be extreme, but I get it. Yeah, I, I get totally it. get it. So I'm feeling like I might want to swap him out for another boyfriend from the Nationals. I do really have a hard time with accepting anything until he proves himself otherwise. And what I was just thinking when you were talking about going through the sensitivity training, and I understand that we've talked about that before on this podcast and that it is something substantive, but it's not visible. What about if he goes down with the youth LGBTQ organization here in D.C. and actually hangs out with these kids for a day or does some volunteer work there? That would prove it to me. He should hang out with Sean Doolittle and his wife, which is the jersey that my kid wants to replace her Turner jersey with. If you saw the photos from the all-star red carpet, Sean Doolittle had a Love Wins t-shirt on under his jacket, and he does do that. He does go out to the youth LGBT groups, and he and his wife do a lot of community work. Okay, Trey, go with him and learn this stuff and get your face out there and find out why what you did is hurtful and wrong. Not to say, I know it was. No, believe it. Yeah, exactly. And Doolittle's right there. And he has been so open and on Twitter and his wife as well. So that's an easy connection to make. Somebody go make that connection right now. Maybe they will. And here's what I'm afraid of. We're going to go to the Mets game tomorrow night when the Nationals host the Mets. And we're going to be sitting there when they introduce Trey Turner. And I'm not going to feel good no matter what happens. Either people are going to stand up and cheer for him and we're going to be like, God damn it. Or they're going to boo him. And I'm going to be like, eh, maybe, I don't know. And it's just, it it hurts my heart and it hurts my Fuck. head. Fuck. And you I, know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do either. I didn't yeah. even think of that until you said that. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll let you know how that goes. But I'm, I am trying to steal myself for kind of a terrible time because, you know, he was my Christmas card this year because I refer to Trey Turner as my oldest child, but not my firstborn. 
So I, I feel bad about that. And we're talking about Trey Moore because we know more about him. We, you know, we have no association with Josh Hader. We have no association really with, with Sean Newcomb, but fans of those teams are probably going through the same stuff. And I'm hoping that people can learn from this, like teenagers, maybe number one, don't, I hope you don't think of this stuff. I hope you don't feel the way that these guys did that made them post what they did. And if you do, Keep it to yourself. Get yourself fixed. Have conversations with people. Don't post this stuff. You know what? Your parents telling you don't post this stuff. You don't believe them. And look what happens, right? So there's a couple things. There are a couple of lessons that can be learned. And hey, if you figure out you're going to be famous, fix it. Fix whatever you did. And then I don't know what to tell fans because I'm just feeling a little a little helpless and a little hopeless. And so well, can I sit next to you tomorrow? Yeah, I was going to say this sounds a little shitty. Give me something to look forward to, please. <laughs> How can we bring the end of our podcast up in spirit? Well, we'll probably beat the Mets. So there's that. That would be great. I don't know if that's true. And then the Reds are in town the rest of the week. And that's going to be big fun. Not just because I get to see Scooter. And I get to see Joey. Yay. So they're kind of awesome. And also it's the Anthony Rendon bobblehead giveaway on Friday. So I'm feeling good about those things. We can just hang on till the end of the week. And we totally forgot to talk about our Red Sox Orioles outing. That was almost a game, but it wasn't. But we get to go to one again in August even better. So we're on that. We are on that. So how about the rest of our boyfriends? How about the Fantasy League? Fuck, I'm I'm not in first place anymore. No, I wasn't not. I actually fessed up to it when you weren't here, but I'm still not in first place. Deborah, man, you're you're in there and I'm second and I'm not too uh, optimistic especially cuz I forgot to swap out Altuve yesterday. But you're in there as third as the commish and we have our Tacoma Park Sox here in fourth place and in last place, not last. Whoops. Fifth, please. Fifth, the last of the top 5. Oh man. Uh you're no crying in baseball team. So you're in there twice. I am not mentioned more than once. So in the meantime, until we're back next week, go out there and have some happy baseball. Be careful what you do on Twitter. Be kind to people. Think before you speak, please. And go ahead and rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about the podcast if you think they'll like the podcast. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. And slow the hell down.